everybody, and welcome to the one and only Hump Day edition of Winners and Winers Radio. I am your host, Scott Steen, lead handicapper over at winnersandwiners.com. And I'm your co-host, Scott Rochelle, senior handicapper over at winnersandwiners.com. And together, we fit together. Two halves make the whole of Winners and Winers Radio. Give us an hour or so, and we'll give you the winners. Not an hour or so. We're, we're going to probably be a little less today. We'll see, Scott. We don't have... We don't have a ton of sports. Baseball's un, it's done for a day. Some of some of the baseball's done done. And we've got no football. We had a football game yesterday. We have football games tomorrow. But yeah. So we're gonna talk we're gonna talk a little hockey, Scott. We're gonna talk a little NFL futures. We're gonna take a kind of a uh, uh a relook at the division odds right now, if you will, see if we can find some value there. We'll talk, of course, about our Bet the farm play going to be later on, and uh, yeah, you want to stick you want to stick around and see what we've got cooked up there because it's going to be very special. If you liked our hockey, if you liked our hockey play yesterday, you're really going to enjoy this one. So, Scott, how'd your day go for you yesterday? Not too well. I had a team total under in the App State and Louisiana game. Oh, which team? Since I lost, and the full game went under, and App State went under, but I lost. I think you know what that means. I had Louisiana under. And that wasn't even close. No. So, App State. 20 in the first no quarter will hurt you there, buddy. Uh, 20 points first quarter, yeah. Not great. Yeah. But App State was good defensively going in. Uh-huh. We talked about it. Yep. And they no-showed the entire game. They absolutely did. Absolutely did. I was. I had the under. I, I had everything inside except the bets I depended on you for. So. Thanks. Um, I hit my. I, I was well aware that uh, I didn't have exactly the best day yesterday. But, you know, it happened. Rub it in. Uh, yeah, I hit I hit both premiums. We had the uh, Houston Astros. That was kind of a uh, kind of an easy victory there. And then we had the under in the App State Louisiana game. That was not an easy victory, but they kind of kind of hit the parking brake there in the second half. Helped us out quite a bit. And App State was uh, nice enough to turn the ball over a couple times, and they had a little momentum going. So we stayed under there on my play of the day, Scott. I got to tell you, a lot of my commenters. I got absolutely roasted for taking uh, Louisiana plus five. Just roasted. People were letting me know how much better App State was, et cetera, et cetera. And I got. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. felt felt good to win that one. The fact that I won it by what 36 points. Uh, that's just a little. Uh, that's just a little sousant, a little uh, cherry on the top. So. I'm happy to win them every once in a while when I when I fade the public and uh, that that one felt good. I, let's just say I didn't feel great about my spot when I gave out a team total under and then I saw the spread went from around plus five or so to plus four right before the game. Mm-hmm. I did think that some sharp money came in late. A little late money, yep. Definitely kicked my ass. Yep, that was a that was really interesting. And in, in all honesty, Scott, I was really torn on this one. I it was I I liked Louisiana in that spot just because. App State, they they're kind of overvalued by the market. I didn't think they'd go out there and and crap the couch like they did, but I thought it'd be a very competitive game. I really thought it would come down to the last drive. Well, that's why I looked at it. I I liked the under, yeah, and I thought it would be a game App State would win. So I ended up taking the team total under instead of the full game under, and of course the full game under hit because App State of all teams didn't show up offensively. Right, and see that's where I thought I was going to be screwed on the over. Not only did did Louisiana put up twenty points in the first quarter, but now App App State has to abandon the run. So now, now they've got now they've got to throw the ball. So I figured we were absolutely uh, it screwed the pooch there on the under, but it worked out okay. So let's uh, see what we got cooked up for today, Scott. We've uh, we've kicked it off here, and you might have thought 
a day where there weren't that many games, we'd we'd struggle to find some rocking chairs. We would we would really uh, be hard pressed to come up with call the cops. But no, no, this man right here, the kid the kid can do the deep dive on this stuff. He's he's quite good at uh, digging the stuff out, and we've got them put together. So without further ado, uh, let's find out today. Who got ripped off? Scott, weren't a lot of games. Doesn't mean you still couldn't get ripped off. Who's going to call the cops? All right, we're going to start it off in the NHL. If you had the Penguins Lightning under six, man, you were sitting pretty good. If you, even if you had the uh, the uh, Penguins team total under two and a half, you were okay. But they had two goals. Entering the third period, it was it was two zip uh, penguins, if I'm not mistaken, right, Scott? Yep. And they released the Kraken. <laughs> Wrong game, but that's exactly what happened because they scored six goals in the final nine minutes. That game ended up six to two. If you had under six, if you had penguins under team total two and a half, holy mackerel, things just didn't go your way. It is time to call dim cops. And looking at the second one, if you had the Astros and White Sox under eight and a half, you had eight runs going to the ninth inning, and Altuve's up. And in the playoffs, he somehow becomes, I don't know, Bonds? 19. Uh, 19 postseason home runs. I believe that puts him fourth on the list, third on the list. Yeah, he's tied for fourth all time. There the guy go. just hits bombs in the postseason. So anyway, Altuve's up two outs in the ninth, three-run homer. And then, of course, the White Sox did not score offensively in the bottom of the ninth, so the game ended 10-1. to That was a Gwen Stefani right there, Scott, that pitch that he hit. It was a real no-doubter. Nice. I was trying to figure out how you're going to merge Hollowback Girl in there, but I got Oh, that yeah, that would that would have worked, too. No, it was it was a no-doubt. He just absolutely crushed that ball. First, first two, pitch, it was right down the middle. First two hits came on 0-2 pitches, just th- mm. throwing, him, throwing him strikes. I, I don't know. Apparently, it's the same pitchers that throw Sal Perez strikes at any point. You're throwing, you're throwing uh, Altuve a 0-2 fastball just right down the pipe. So, anywho. Now, if you had the Milwaukee Brewers to stay alive, to the must-win. It was a must-win for the Brewers, Scott, so surely you got to like them there. If you had them first five money line, well, they were in great shape. Brewers came out and actually, on checks notes, uh, scored runs. So, that was cool. They led 4-2 to two going into the bottom of the fifth. That's about more runs than been scored the whole series. Uh, Braves said, wait a minute. We're not done. We're going to put up two. That gives you 4-4. Four, four. That's a push loss in my book right there, Scott. Because if you had Milwaukee first five, eesh, you got screwed right there, my friend. Time to call the hey, cops. You also had two strikes and two outs on the bottom of the fifth, and the Braves hit that single, which scored the fourth run. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Now, on the other side of the coin, these are the nice, easy wins. This is the spot you always want to be in. Get those uh, you just get those slippers on. Have yourself a nice uh, brown liquor cocktail, whatever your choice is. And uh, sit back, baby, because you're just in the rocking chair. So, the first one was the Astros' money line against the White Sox. They led 5-1 to one after four innings, and they won the game 10-1. to one. Very good. Yep, that was a that was kind of a no doubter. Like you said, the White Sox got up early, and McCullers uh, didn't really didn't really have it. He had his 
shortest outing, shorting, shortest out, second, the tied for shortest outing of the season, Scott. He, well, he also got injured, so his arm clearly wasn't 100. percent Yeah, he he definitely had some issues there. We'll see how that looks going forward. It's a bad beat, by the way, if you had the Astros to score first in that game. White Sox score first, you score 10 unanswered runs, and you still somehow lose the bet. Yep, yep, absolutely right. So if you had Louisiana plus five, oh, hey, I don't know if I mentioned, I had that. They never trailed, Scott. They led by 17 in the first quarter, 20 to three. They ended up winning by 28. Uh, App State never made a serious run at them. They, you know, like I said, they had, they got a couple of drives going and then threw stupid interceptions. And who's thrown the most interceptions in the, uh, in the, in the last two years, Scott? Any idea? Is it Chase Bryce? It is Chase Bryce. <laughs> Congratulations. And he did nothing to hurt that total tonight. What do you, I think he threw three? I think so. It was yeah. either two or three. Yeah, either two or three. Exactly right. So that's a, yeah, that's a nice win there, uh, Rajon Cajon backers. Yep. And the last one, if you had the Brewers and the Braves over eight and a half after we talked about that total <laughs> yesterday. That was a lot. Yeah, both, both offenses woke up. It took a couple innings, but you had four runs in the fourth four runs in the fifth just so happened to be four four after five innings so you automatically win but the offense has decided we'll only score one more run the rest of the way and the Braves won five to four just to give those people that might have had the under and then doubled up and and, and were able to play like the under 11 and a half or whatever it was mm-hmm. there in the in the fourth inning so maybe you got a little bit of money back there all right. Well, we did have a couple of contenders. Even on a slow sports day, we had some a couple of contenders for the golden feed bag. But there's just one person that deserves to wear it, Scott. We might have to make kind of a lighter version because he's kind of old and may not be able to have the whole it could thing. Be his start. last game as well. It, so. it could be. It could be into the sunset with this man. Let's find out who it is, and we as, re, as we reveal the donkey of the day. Um, Scott, we're going to talk a little bit about the elderly gentleman in Chicago. No, I'm not talking about Bill Murray. I'm talking the, the one who shouldn't be driving. I'm not talking. I'm talking about the guy that you wouldn't want driving your daughter. It's Tony Larusa, kids. Now, Scott, you and I were really high on this hire when we talked about it in the offseason. Couldn't have thought it was a better move. My goodness, who better than to manage it? A team full of up-and-coming youngsters. Then your 87-year-old grandfather, who always likes uh, a little bit of the, a wee bit of the nips, Scott. So, Tony La Russa, I think he was, uh, maybe had a uh, shot or two, because he claimed that the Houston Astros, today, in the blowout game, intentionally hit Jose Abreu in the eighth inning. By the way, it was a 3-2 pitch with two outs. Man, you can really pick your spots to plunk them, can't you? Is what what are we doing here? Now Graveman missed his spot by a large margin, but oh. you can tell by Graveman's response, he knew that it slipped out of his hand. The catcher didn't give a signal to hit him. He he was holding the glove out on the outside corner, and Graveman missed his spot by like at least ten inches. So uh, oh, news alert! Kendall Graveman missed his spot. Yeah. So at the end of the day. It was a bad pitch by Graveman. It happens. Just because you're an, you're a pitcher in the major league doesn't mean you don't have a mistake every now and then where you miss something with your mechanics and it ends up going haywire. Happens to Chapman all the time. But anyway, three two pitch with two outs. If it was zero z, if it was a, if it was no outs, maybe zero zero count. Maybe you'd have a case. 
if you're gonna hit him anyway, then why did he face him five pitches minimum before you tried to uh, to plunk him? I don't. Yeah, the, I it, don't get the argument here. The whole thing was ridiculous. Just, just absolutely stupid. All you want to do is get those last six outs or the last four outs in that case, since there was already two outs in the eighth. You just want to get those four outs, shake hands, get on the plane, and go. Yeah, you're home. up six runs. Let's give up a free base runner. Right. To hit some guy. The last thing you want to do is give up for free base runners. Absolutely not. Then, uh, Dusty, you think that would be a a Dusty Baker move? Really? No. And Baker even said post game, "I disagree with Larusa. I just think he's wrong." Yeah. Go. Of course, I'm paraphrasing, but at no point when I saw the actual video did I think it was intentional. I just think Graveman that we've talked about before, not exactly the most consistent reliever in the world. Right. That's that's the way it works. Um, that's why they have base on balls because those guys don't throw strikes all the time. They don't they mm-hmm. miss their spots. So, okay. So let's uh, let's talk about it right here. We kind of have to, and we've. I feel bad. We've kind of already roasted them, but we've just got to flip them over. I think and, the fans would want us to roast them even harder. Yeah, we got we got to flip them over and roast the other side. Or roast the other side here, Scott. You know, I'm not I'm not mad, I mean, and I'm really not mad because I, I didn't I didn't have them to win this series. And well, you actually have money on the other team. I do. Yeah. So it, honestly, we're gonna call this we're gonna call this segment. Uh, I'm not mad, nor am I disappointed. All right, my friend, go ahead. So we're going to be sticking with the White Sox, but uh-huh. we're not talking about the manager this time. We're going to talk about the team. Yep. And both of us picked Houston yep. pretty easily, honestly, to win the series. Houston. I believe we both had Houston in four. Houston in four. So that's exactly what happened. But the White Sox, after that great offensive performance, you had the rain delay yesterday, so you could rest the bullpen after you know you had to use a lot of relievers, etc. You got a home. You got a home run to take a one nothing lead. You're at home, crowds going crazy. You give up 10 unanswered runs in an elimination game at home. Yeah. And you lose 10 to 1. Are you serious? You're just going to roll over and die like that? This really? Absolutely horrific performance by the Even White Sox. Even McCullers got injured. You had about 6 innings to, to deal with the bullpen. You couldn't do anything. Yep. Yeah, you had 5. McCullers went out he, he, sorry, he yeah, pitched 4, sorry. but yeah, but that's I thought um, he went 3. Close enough. Yeah, again, short start from McCullers. You got everything right where you wanted. It was still, you still were in hand. They just, in spite of the fact that it was ten to one, it was they just kind of chipped away at it. They mm-hmm. it, they they would move the runners. They hit the ball to the right side when you're supposed to. They play very good fundamental baseball. They don't make mistakes. You know they had a they had a ball that was hit deep into the in the hole at short. You see how Tuve, uh, he just or Correa just he just puts it in his pocket. He knows you can't get him. You know what? You put it in your pocket. You live to fight another day. And lo and behold, they turned a double play right behind it. And uh, the way I see it is that the White Sox, even though we both did not think Radon was worthy of being a favorite because of the very small amount of innings he pitched in September, right? And the pitching was awful. We know that Houston scored at least, I believe it was five runs in every game i think five or six runs yeah, in every that's, game that's, i think that's right yeah so the pitching was bad the entire series but right this offense at home you had the best home record in the league i believe right you lost by nine runs in an elimination game yeah Come not on. good not you a gotta good, do better than that not a good look not not a good look at all yeah it was it was pretty much non-competitive there after after about the fifth you know because mainly because chicago got nothing going no 
And the, the pitch it wasn't even a lack of runs. They barely got people in scoring position. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was just a, a bad It looked like the Brewers for the first couple games. Yep, absolutely right. Um, so let's talk about this next one a little bit. And it's sort of odds makers and it's sort of betters, Scott. There was a lot of drunk to go around in this one. Well, the betters were right. What's that? The betters were right in the situation. Oh well, that's yeah, that's yeah. They did. The betters right. were sober. The odds they're, makers were drunk. Well, you're right. That's they did get it the right way. The odds makers opened that way too low. Let's find out who it is as we reveal today's odds makers were drunk. All right, so the game with the Braves and the Brewers. Braves opened up as a minus one twenty five favorite. That seemed a little low to you, Scott. Well, the Brewers had not scored since what felt like three years ago. Yeah. So it did seem a little bit low. Yeah, that, that's really weird because they'd only scored two runs in the series. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. So the betters, as we talked about, they were on the right side of this. They drove that lineup and eventually closed at minus 155. Didn't matter. She could have made it 255. Wouldn't have mattered. The Braves, after getting down, that's the home field advantage. I, Scott, do you think they win that game last year with nobody in the stands? No, they were down two runs immediately in the third. They right. scored two runs in the bottom. Then they were down two in the fourth. They scored another two runs in the whatever. So the point is that they responded every time the Brewers did something. Yep. Or sorry, it might have been the fourth and the fifth. But the point is, whenever the Brewers scored, the Braves were ready to respond. That doesn't happen without the crowd. Mm -mm. Now, having said that, we saw there was an absolutely nuts crowd in Chicago, and it made no difference at all. So. Correct. But well, it just, the Astros been there, done that. They've been to the ALCS, was it five years in a row now? Five years in a row, never been done. I get that they are that they cheated in the past. Right. That's a really good team. They ain't cheating this year, buddy. That's what I'm saying. They're a, according to uh, some people on the White Sox, they might be, but yeah. that doesn't explain the fact that your team had a complete no-show in Game 4. Yep, absolutely, absolutely correct. So, by the way, also, guys, yes. Sorry, also for the mad and disappointed, the Brewers got eliminated too. We didn't mention them mm -hmm. because they at least put up a fight of some kind. Yeah. They scored some runs. They lost the game. It happens. The White Sox just no-showed an elimination game at home. Yeah, I bet they're super happy that uh, they there was the wall punching going on. Mm -hmm. Couldn't couldn't have used him at all today, huh? Uh, no, they had to use Aaron Ashby mm. in the fifth inning. How did it go? Not well. They had to use Hunter Strickland. I forgot he was still in the league. Who? The former uh, Giants guy, you got into that brawl with Harper that one time. Yeah, I know. Um, so there was kind of some bad sportsmanship, Scott, in Iowa this week. They are, over the weekend. They had a, a situation where the Penn State players, mm, some were legitimately injured, but some may have been taking a bit of a the soccer team. Yes, taking a bit of a dive there, my friend. So the Iowa fans booed the injured players. Classy move. Was it a smart move? Did the Iowa fans know what's up? What do you think about this? So the coach, of course, of Iowa ended up addressing the booing and everything that happened. Right. And he defended the fans. And he said straight up, we know some people, including Sean Clifford, of course, were seriously injured. And we respect that, you know, they got injured. We hope they get better, stuff like that. But he mentioned that the fans were specifically booing a couple of Penn State players who got injured and then immediately returned after a play or two. So that's the distinction that needs to be made. They weren't booing every injured player. They were booing the ones who 
flopped and then came back a play or two later. It wasn't like Chiefs fans a few years back who cheered when Matt Castle got hurt. It wasn't the Eagles fans that were cheering when Michael Irvin got brought out with a broken neck and they had to stretch him off the field. Stay classy, Phil. It wasn't one of those. No, it was not but one of those. But anyway, I'm fine with it. I think that you can make an argument as bad sportsmanship, but I think it's worse sportsmanship to have players faking injuries to draw free timeouts. Well, I was surprised. I was surprised at the uh, at the children up in the hospital that were up in their beds pounding the glass, screaming and booing. That was uh, I thought that was a little over the top. I kind of liked it, but <laughs> I, I thought it was fine. The fans aren't stupid, and that's the point that Iowa's coach made, which is that they've seen enough football games to know when this guy is faking it and when this guy's seriously hurt. So if you see a guy who's limping off, and then all of a sudden he's sprinting back on the field about a play later, you know that the whole situation was extremely falsified. Now, you and I have talked about this, and unlike a lot of shows, by the way, who, who will tell you that they watch every game, and they know, we're going to tell you straight up, we don't watch every game. And we did not watch that when I was watching. I was watching three other games, but I, didn't. I watched a bit of the game. And then the backup quarterback came in for Penn State, and he couldn't complete a pass. And I immediately changed the channel. Well, here's my question: um, When did Iowa start running some kind of massive hurry-up offense where the team just has to take a dive to get it, to be able to catch a breath? See, I don't know if they were flopping maybe at the end of the first half when Iowa was trying to score before halftime. I know they did end up scoring right before half, so maybe it was around there. I'm not really sure, but you can make an argument that if you're going to be playing for 60-something minutes of game time, which is a couple hours, if Iowa runs a physical style of offense, which they do, you might just be overwhelmed by the actual just constant pain being put on by 300-something pound offensive linemen that are just constantly running into you. So even if the pace isn't there based on no huddle per se, that's a lot of contact you're absorbing over about three hours. But isn't that a fair way to put it? I guess, but man, I've never seen a team that just, that's just almost like admitting you're getting beat. Once Clifford got injured, they basically admitted defeat because the backup quarterback was not ready to go in at all. Not good at all. All right, so there you go. So... Running back, Scott, you got to have them if you have a fantasy team. NFL team, not so much. That's that's the ironic part, by the way. Yeah. They're mo- running backs are like the least valuable offensive position in the NFL, mm-hmm. but it's the most valuable fantasy football position. Only only game running backs should be drafted in the first round, by the way. And that's what we're going to talk about because Saquon Barkley got hurt again. Uh, ankle sprain and a, you know, a ugly one, too. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't think you're just saying that's an ankle sprain really doesn't. I thought he was justice. done. It looked like he was growing a second ankle. Yeah, it was It was weird. It was a horrible, horrible angle there. Uh, he's out two to four weeks. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, he is also out. Uh, sprained MCL, looks like three to four weeks for him. Both those guys were taken in the first round, Scott. Now, Saquon Barkley especially was taken uh, second overall pick. Uh, he was definitely top five. One, two. So here's my point, point. Uh, and you and I, we, we kind of touched on it there a little bit with the devaluation of the running back position. The Giants, who had an aging Eli Manning, by the way, it's not like they didn't know this wasn't coming. They he pa- was the second pick, by the way. They passed, that's why I thought he was one, two. They passed on Darnold, uh, Lamar Jackson, and Josh Allen and took Saquon Barkley. Um, is there ever a justification in this day and age, to take a running back number two overall? Well, to look at those names you just mentioned, first of all, the answer is no. Okay. I'm just going to address that quickly. You should never draft a running back, arguably in the first round, right. definitely not top ten. But the names you mentioned, 
Darnold was a top five guy. Jackson wasn't even close. Some people thought Lamar wouldn't even go in the first he round. He was, what, 18 or something? 18, 20, somewhere around there? He was in the 20s because I know the Ravens, I believe, traded up to get him. Okay. And then you had Allen, who did the racist remarks on Twitter happen before the draft or after the draft? I think it was before. That's what I'm saying. I thought he was sliding anyway. Yeah. So there really weren't those other guys in hindsight were the much better options, but at no point were the Giants ever considering Allen or Lamar Jackson for the second pick in the draft. So that to be clear. No, it was either Barkley or Darnold. So yeah. those those are the main two that you had the argument for. But they're looking at the top ten running backs or even the first round running backs that you have. Just think of them in your head, first round running backs. You have Najee Harris from this past year, who so far looked very good. Pittsburgh still stinks because they have no offensive line. The quarterback's about 90, and the team's probably going to have a losing record anyway. So is that fair? Yeah. Yeah. I think think he was maybe a great pick in that spot. Keep going. You have Saquon. We talk about who he gets injured all the time. You have Elliott, who got paid a bunch of money for the Cowboys. And although it might be working out now or it appears that way, they definitely shouldn't have drafted him that early because that contract they're paying him, he's extremely overpaid. Other than that, Josh Jacobs, injured all the time for the Raiders, and they regret taking him in the first round. Todd Gurley, he had him with the Rams. He was great for about a couple of years. Now he's out of the league. You can keep going down the down the line. There's a lot of first-round running backs that you think are good picks, but there are more pressing team needs in today's NFL. You should never take a running back in the top 10. Top 20 is even dicey, but you can really make a case that you might find yourself a Derrick Henry in the second round and manage to survive. Yeah, absolutely correct. You know, and talking about uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, of course, he was taken. He was the last pick in the first round. So last pick in the first round. But here's the deal, Scott. You look at that defense, and we and we knew the defense sucked. So we watched Dan Sorensen play the other day. You think the Chiefs could have taken Kyle Duggar or Xavier McKinney? You think either one of those guys would have worked out a little bit better? Those were both second-round guys. Uh, Grant, Bel- Grant Delpit is not bad at all. Antron Winfield, Jr., Wait, McKinney was in that draft? Yeah. He was in the last one. Nope, that's what I'm saying to you, the 2020 draft. Winfield's the one you should have got. I'm a huge Winfield guy. We both were going to the Yeah, draft. yeah. I mean, that's and that's my point. There's certainly... Uh, there's certainly More important needs. Yeah, and they were not addressed at all. I don't really love it. I, I just... I think that it's, you can always find r- good enough running backs, especially in that system when so much is built on the deception and the, and the misdirection, you're going to have good ISO situations, no matter who's back there at the running back. Do you so. think Darrell Williams is going to do a decent job filling in? I do. I don't, I don't know why it's going to be a hard time for him to fill in. No, he, he's fine. And yeah, yeah, there's yeah. He'll be- it reminds me a lot of the Colts and the Broncos, mostly Peyton Manning teams growing up where you had Edron James, who's in the hall of fame, whether he should be or not. Then you had Joseph Adai, who most people didn't really know. And he had a good career. Then he went to Denver and you throw in no Sean Moreno, who is all over the damn place. Right. And suddenly he is Peyton Manning and he's really good. So if you have a really good passing offense, you could throw in any running back you want, and odds are they'll probably do okay. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely true. All right. Yeah. This is, and we had that for yesterday. So I, I wanted to talk about that real quick. So there's been. A little bit of movement as far as their division prices go, Scott. A little bit of change. And we've got to see five games now. So we have a pretty good idea about who these teams are and who they are not. 
So we thought we'd take a kind of a revisit of the divisional odds that are still up and see where we might find some value. Let's start in the NFC East, Scott. Your Dallas Cowboys in what was a pretty competitive uh, division there as far as prices go before the season started. They are now the prohibitive favorite, minus 475. Eagles plus 700, the football team plus 700. Any value on any of those teams? No. If Dak Prescott stays healthy, this team's going to win the division by maybe four games. This isn't even close. I don't, I'm not even trying to sound like a homer here because you know they're no. a realistic fan when it comes to evaluating teams. The Cowboys are just so much better than every other team in that division. Yeah. It's not even close. Yeah, they're 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 two they're two games up right now. You know, the Giants are dead. They played literally the, and figuratively. They played the, the they played the Giants the other night, and you know sometimes those are divisional. Those you know those games can be grind them out, ugly affairs. But nope. I'm saying everyone got injured. Like the Giants are actually dead. They got no shot. Um. Yeah, I would I would have to agree. I don't I don't think there's any value there. Eagles would be the one intriguing play. The Washington, you can make an argument with Heineke, but that defense, so bad. I don't know what the hell happened yeah. there? Yeah. You're not winning a division with that defense. You know, the Chiefs went from below average to historically worse. And I've, I've, I've got some stats. I don't know you see some of the tw- stuff I tweeted out, but Chiefs are giving up more yards per game than any other NFL team in history. Uh, more, more yards per play, excuse me, uh, than any other NFL team in history throughout five games. Just historically bad and i'm not saying that with hyperbole i think philly is a team that could potentially grind out some wins mm-hmm. that i'm not sure if other teams in that division can yep but talent wise dallas already had a great offense with a healthy deck that defense is actually decent yeah and that's good enough to complement that offense which should help them run away with i'd say minimum assuming everyone's healthy an eleven and six record. Yep, that's it. That's it. That's what you hope for with the Chiefs. A GED defense, man. It's good enough, dude. That's that's totally totally the case with the Dallas Cowboys. They're playing above average defense. That's way good yep. enough. NFC South, Tampa Bay Buccaneers minus five hundred. See anybody that scares you in that division? No, New Orleans is a Jekyll and Hyde team that seems to play better on the road for some reason, which I'm not sure why. Yep, but. No, when they play each other, have fun watching Winston try to outduel Tom Brady. Yep, yep, indeed. That's that's a revenge game for Winston, though, buddy. Is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. He made history with that Tampa team. Yes, he did. He absolutely did make history. AFC East. This is the biggest price right now of any team in football. Is the Bills minus sixteen hundred? Scott, you lay. You lay a hundred and sixty, you win ten dollar. Ten dollar. How you feel about that? If Allen stays healthy, honestly, even if he doesn't, I actually think Trubisky would actually lead this team to a division title. That's how bad these other three teams are. They are not good. Of course, that's a it's t- free. It's free money if they stay healthy. I mean, the Bills. We said the win total of ten and a half. We thought they'd win eleven or twelve. They might actually win fourteen or fifteen games. I think this four, team is nuts. I think fourteen is well within reach of the of the Buffalo Bills. So nope. I'm I'm looking at a team that's fighting for the number one overall seed in the AFC. I'll take the Bills. 
yeah, throw it in a parlay or something. Do it's pretty much just a sprinkler to add some value. Well, and Mac Jones has kind of been exposed the last couple of weeks as maybe not quite the savior. You know, he could Sorry be about that. The defense got torched by Davis Mills. Also very true. Also very true. So we saw the Colts step up on Monday night, almost get the victory there. Almost that hurts. That leaves them at plus two seventy five. Uh, Titans minus four twenty five. You know, of all the ones we've talked about, that might be the one I would consider taking a sprinkle on with the Colts there at two seventy five. I haven't, uh, I haven't been incredibly impressed by the Titans. Um, you shouldn't be, but every other team. I'll tell you what: if the Colts would have won that game against Baltimore, yeah, I'm taking a sprinkle at probably. What, 180? Well, I was just going to say 180, yes. I'm taking a sprinkle on that, but that's a brutal loss. It is. It's it's one of those it's one of those losses that can linger, too. It is, like, and I still don't know if Wentz can stay healthy. He yep. actually looked pretty good. He mm-hmm. had 400-plus passing yards. But that pass defense, I know Lamar has improved as a passer. Yes. You gave up 440-plus passing yards to Lamar Jackson. Are you out of your mind? When you knew he had to throw. When, yeah. you, when you knew he had to abandon the run game and throw the ball, you still let him do you it. You couldn't stop anything. No. No. Yep. yep. A couple defenses. There's another defense that was decent last year and just just been a nightmare so far this season. So I'm going to take Tennessee based on how much they're up right now and the fact that that team, even if you know that they might fall apart occasionally, yep. they're consistent. They usually beat the teams they should beat. Right. I can't say the same about the Colts because nope. I think the Colts could end up losing one. Of course, Titans lost the Jets, but you had every receiver injured. You have a bit of an alibi built in there. When healthy, this Titan team's the best team in the division, and I think they'll get it done. They might have lo- they might go nine and eight, but that's good enough to get the job done. So here's a little competitive division: it's the Baltimore Ravens minus one thirty, Browns plus one fifty. You want to take a wild shot? How about the Bengals at plus eleven hundred and the Pittsburgh Steelers? Finally, right where we said they should be at plus sixteen hundred. So Browns, Ravens, who you got? Not taking the Bengals for the record. Okay. No chance. Okay. I'm taking Cleveland. I think that even though Baltimore right now is a team that's been playing well, a lot of comeback wins against teams that have really looked underwhelming up to this point. The Colts game, good win. How do you fall down 19 at home to the Colts? I have no idea. You came back against the Chiefs. I know the Chiefs offensively are great, but people were talking about how Lamar finally broke through and beat this Chiefs team. This is easily the worst team Mahomes has ever had. Is that a fair statement from top to bottom? So far, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it makes you long for the Super Bowl defense of, of, 2020, of, 20, of 2019 and 2020, and they were terrible. And, yeah, you needed to convert a 4th and 19 and hit a 65-66 yarder against Detroit to mm-hmm. win that game. Yeah. I think that Baltimore is a good team. Like, we always think they're going to make the playoffs because Harbaugh is just a very good coach. Am I going to roast Cleveland for having 500-plus yards and losing to the Chargers? Like, they've lost to good teams. This Charger team is good. This Browns team... I just think is better than this Ravens team. I'm going with Cleveland, especially at this plus price. You? Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And this would be the one place I think I'd take a double-digit long shot. I don't hate the Bengals at plus 1,100. They're just a game back. I, I'm starting to question if Burrow's going to stay healthy for the full year, though. Well, you know, I am I'm I wish somebody would have told them they should have drafted a lineman in the first round. Well, it seems like the Bengals kind of pick their spots every week where either Burrow gets untouched for 60 minutes or he gets his head taken off in about the first 15. Yep. 
I want no part of the Steelers. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I would probably just for the just for value's sake. I, the, although you know, giving up the forty-five to San Diego or to the Chargers rather. That is 47. was I was forty. That's right. It's forty-seven, forty-two. That's right. That was a. Uh, this was surprise. It was a pr- surprising performance by the Browns' defense for me. It was awful, but I was impressed that the Browns' offense yes. put up five hundred yards and played that well. So if the defense can generate some pressure with Garrett and company, this offense has proven to me it's good enough to do enough in order to lead this team to. 10, 11 wins, and Baltimore might be the same way, but when it comes to head-to-head matchups, I know Baltimore owns this team. I do think Cleveland's going to have something for them. I think two units on the Browns and one unit on the Bengals. Okay. Guarantee myself a two-unit a two, uh, two win at least if uh, those two teams win. So all you got to do is fade the Ravens. Well, well, well. We got, a, we got a new boss in the AFC West, Scott. The Chargers are now the favorite. Minus 110. Kansas City Chiefs plus 150. Broncos 850, Raiders 1200. Um, well, you can toss the Raiders in the garbage. Yeah, I think you probably can, even though the Raiders are 3 and 2, just a game back. Broncos, are they contenders or pretenders? I tossed them in the garbage right before week four. They were undefeated, and I tossed them in the garbage. Hot garbage. Now they have lost two straight, of course. And the Chiefs sitting at 2 and 3. Of course, Chiefs fans will point out the year they won the Super Bowl, they had a stretch where they lost four of six games. And then they were able to right the ship. Defense showed up and all of a sudden started playing better. Wasn't Mahomes not there for some of those games? He was there for, he missed two of those games, I believe. Yeah, a little bit of an important detail to add in there. Correct. I have to tell you, as a fan, somebody watches this game, uh, these, this team closely every week, there's something different about this team. We've talked about it in the past. I've told you guys, they just don't look the same. Are they old defensively? No. Their the system's the same. I don't really just know bad. what's going on. No, it was bad beforehand, but Sorensen forgot how to play or the injuries have piled up or you're looking around. They just don't have many guys. Well, and they moved Jones outside. so Which is a debatable move in itself. Right, right, because he was you know, a dominating force in, inside in the 4-3 I would have kept him a D-tackle. But you think? Me. Yeah, that's uh, – he's uh, – They've uh, pretty much roasted our uh, our DC for. Uh, well, I've been calling move. him for him to be fired for weeks, and I know that he won a Super Bowl. And Spagnuolo is a well-known NFL guy. At some point, you got to try something and see what sticks. If you're serious about competing for a Super Bowl, well, and the fact that that Dan Sorensen's getting starters, getting starters minutes, and playing mm-hmm. playing over Juan Thornhill makes no sense to me whatsoever. Okay. Finally, you um, with the Chargers though. Yeah, I, I think. I mean, you're in my arbitrage situation from the season. That's the freest money you're going to get all year. Yes, I agree. That's uh, at minus one ten. I think it's it's the and it's the best odds you're going to get. I yeah, think. for for me as of right now, I have no interest. I don't want to lay with the Chargers. But preseason, we said Chiefs minus what was it two hundred, and the Chargers were like plus five hundred. Yeah, I want to say like plus three fifty, and then Denver was plus five hundred. I think. I'm not sure, but the point is that you guaranteed free profit if you just listened to me before the season started. That's it. That's all you got to do. Just listen to Scott. For the arbitrage, you really thought if you thought the Raiders and Broncos had no chance, you had guaranteed money in your pocket. Yes, absolutely true. Yeah, and we talked about we did talk about how to play that correctly. So, all right, my friend. Well, there you go. Um, 
It's a quick one. It's a quick one. We've got, we've, like I said, we've got no college ball coming up. Although I wanted to ask you one question before we actually move on to the card today. Okay. Completely unrelated. Okay. I was shopping around trying to look at college football playoff odds on the yes and no to make the playoffs or not. Okay. And there was one team that, in my opinion, has 0% chance to make the playoff. And the no is minus 1,600. My is question for you is, wait, what? Is it Pittsburgh? For college? No, yeah. it wasn't Pittsburgh. Okay. Right right conference, though. The question I have is, what is, you don't have to tell me your personal amount, but is it worth laying 1600 with X amount of money if you're guaranteed to win within a couple months? Because Clemson, to miss the playoffs, is minus 1600 How the hell are they supposed to make the playoffs? I don't have any idea because you and I talked yesterday. Uh, by the way, we did put the question out there to our fans and our viewers about what they'd rather see Cincinnati or like the Ohio State, Oklahoma, whoever. And the people that voted, Scott, seem to think that you are correct, that they'd rather see the two name programs versus the up-and-coming program. So I'm not sure that's a fair representation of America, but we did put it to our viewers and listeners. I did myself on the back. They overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly backed your position on that. It's a shame because you guys are still all wrong, but I, I that's the way it came Cincinnati, out. I want to see Cincinnati, but if you're asking what the public would want, they'd want to see two Power 5 schools. Okay. All right. And I, I'm not disputing that they wouldn't want to see Power 5 schools. I just don't know if they want to see the same ones. That's 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 kind of my whole point. But so. what do you think of that Clemson play? Because I, I was looking around and I, I found it's one, free money. Offshore, one offshore book has a max bet of roughly thirty five hundred bucks. Okay. To win two hundred fifty dollars. Well, that's not okay. All right. Or, yeah. You know, yeah. ballpark, whatever. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't do the math, but it was something like that. It was like three plus thousand to win like two fifty. Okay. Would you sacrifice thirty five hundred or so to win a free two hundred fifty dollars? I'm not sacrificing it. I'm. I'm. Just... Well, I'm saying, would you put it into a book? to try to win that because for the life of me, I have no idea how Clemson's supposed to make the playoffs. So you're getting a, uh, what, six and a half percent return on your money over a four month period. You can say what the risk is, but you can make the argument. There is no risk because you can't lose the bet. I believe that's correct. So do you think that's worth hammering? Cause yes. I saw it and I was, I wanted to just bring it up. Yes. I think you're getting, you're getting you're getting a six and a half percent return, right? Six six and a half percent return yeah. on your money over four months. That equates out to nineteen, oh, better than nineteen percent over the course of a year. I don't know what kind of investments you have, Scott, but if I can get nineteen and a half percent annually, I'm a pretty happy guy. And we've always talked about for the elections, if you want to gamble on the electoral college votes of specific states. There's you can pick up free money by laying these huge one thousand prices and stuff like that. Yep. So yep. Mississippi's never is ne well at least at least anytime soon not going Democrat. Yeah, the basics in New York going Democrat, yep. California going Democrat. Yep. But you can lay whatever price you want. It's free money. Yep. Clemson to miss the playoffs at sixteen hundred. That should be closer to minus five thousand. I wanted. I would want to see just before I put a big investment. I would want to see what the path is. Like what I'm not thinking. I wanted, well, what ACC teams are even ranked? I understand. I'm just, I'm just saying. I want, I would want to work it out in my head and see what the if there's a path there and how narrow that is. But just to, saying, they lost to an unranked NC State team at the time. So they've got, they've got, they've got two losses, right? Yeah. And and they're not even guaranteed to play in the championship game right now. So no. 
Yeah, I'm with you there. I'm absolutely with you. I'm just saying, if you want to gamble 3500 bucks, or not even gamble, if you just want to potentially win free money, mm-hmm. look into that. Yep, totally agree. Totally 100% agree. All right, my friend. You find it interesting that Cincinnati and Iowa have the same odds to win the national championship? I would say no, because the premise is Cincinnati should run the table. Okay. And Iowa is the Power 5 team, so maybe they could get in with one loss where Cincinnati cannot if Iowa wins the conference title. Okay. So, but I'm not surprised. Spoiler alert, I think neither of them are winning the conference title. Who I mean, are winning the, sorry, the actual national title. I think they both have a shot at the conference title. I think Cincinnati wins the AAC. I think Ohio State's going to win the Big Ten. Who wins in a game between Cincinnati and Iowa? I'm actually taking Cincinnati. Who wins? I think, that's a- one, of the, I think that's one of the power five schools that I actually pick Cincinnati against. Who wins in a game between Cincinnati and Oklahoma? With Williams at quarterback or Rattler? <laughs> I'm not joking. I have to ask. It doesn't matter. I If it was Rattler, I'd actually say Cincinnati. But I th- I still think Williams gives them a different dimension. So I'm going to wait and see with Oklahoma. Okay. But screw it. Let's have some fun. I'll take Cincinnati. Okay. All right. Just kind of making a point. <laughs> if you mention Ohio State, Georgia, Bama, these other teams, I'm taking them. Depends on which 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 Ohio State team shows up. I think that offense just has too much. T- I think they just have too much talent. All right, very good. All right, buddy. Well, let's take a look at uh, what we've got cooked up for today. Like you said, we've got uh, we got no baseball. We've got no football. We've got a pretty full slate tomorrow. But for now, it's going to be ice time. It's going to be ice ice, baby. And we have put our heads together, come up with our best play. I'm just kidding. I don't know much about hockey. And I certainly don't know much about hockey on opening night. So I've put it in the hands of my capable partner. And we have come up with a play that I think you're going to enjoy. Let's put on those overalls. Let's grab our hockey sticks, climb aboard our tractor, and find out where we're headed for today's Bet the Farm. So for this one on opening night, we're looking at an underdog because it's hockey. It's unpredictable. Why not take some plus money? And we're going to look at a matchup between two teams that really hate each other because you have the Rangers taking on the Capitals. And for this one, we like the Rangers on the money line at plus 110 on DraftKings. Capitals, we know that this team makes the playoffs almost every year. Main two offensive players, you have Backstrom and Ovechkin. Ovechkin, one of the best goal scorers of all time. Backstrom, a very underrated center for the last decade or so. Backstrom's out indefinitely. And Ovechkin got injured in the final preseason game. He will probably not play. There's a chance he might. If he is, he can barely move. So we'll see what happens there. But the Rangers also have the better goalie statistically last season. As we're assuming, Shostagin's going to be in net, who had a 2.62 goals against average last year. And you had Samsonov for the Capitals, who had a 2.69 goals against average last season. So it's close, but Igor had better numbers. But with the Capitals missing their two best offensive players. And the Rangers also got themselves a brand new head coach who is a really, really good head coach because he's the one who brought the Vegas Golden Knights to the Stanley Cup in their inaugural season. I like the new coach. I am concerned about the Capitals injuries. We'll take the Rangers plus money. There you go. That is going to do it. So take your New York Rangers plus 113. Is that what what you have? What, What do you have it at? 
I saw plus one ten on DraftKings, but if you find something better, then you could. Uh, bet online one thirteen. So okay, we'll take one thirteen. All right, there you go. That's our that's our bet the farm. That's our bet our frozen farm play for the day. So go out there and best of luck to you. Remember, it's opening night, so plan accordingly. Take it easy. Got skate a, lightly. Got a long season. Skate lightly. Well done, my friend. And that is going to do it for us, for myself and for Scott Reichel. Again, thanks very much for checking us out, whether you're listening, viewing, whatever it might be. We appreciate you joining us for this time. We'll uh, we'll fire it up and do it again tomorrow, all right? You guys have a great day. Good luck on all your plays. Once again, appreciate the effort. Couldn't do it without you. We'll see you tomorrow on Winners and Winers Radio. Take care, everybody.